it will change all your experiences. In other words, all the interface, all the effects that happen when you are seemingly engaged in life, it will affect. And it's not an experience, so you can miss it. Yeah? Because you're looking for something, and really you're looking from nothing. That's really what's going on. If that starts getting entertained, the value in it is in the living of it. Yeah, it's you may not. It's you can't even call it a. Peak. It's not a peak experience. It's nothing really. It's just the the uh, the whole the whole way things go about as you changes. Yeah, it's just a. Uh, and as we say in AA, you know, uh, Rule 62, you don't take yourself so seriously. That's what actually just happens. Not as an effort that you chose to do. I'm going to set out and not take myself so seriously. That would be self-taking self-seriously. Yeah? So you can't get out of the little thumb puzzle. You can't get out of it by pulling. You can't. It doesn't work. And if some people who've had any kind of spiritual life, quote-unquote spiritual life, a lot of them, if they, you know, if they put a good amount of effort and, and yearning and longing in it, have become disappointed because, and usually the disappointment at first is turned on you because of self-centeredness. So you have to see, you know, I must have not done enough. Yeah, that's usually the case. So you figure, you did, one of my friends, at the last time I talked to him, he has done over 135 10-day retreats. It's a lot of freaking time in one's life. And that was like about 10 years ago. He could be up to about 200 10 days retreats. Now, he's a nice guy, but, you know, know, but, you know, I mean, (laughs) you know, it wasn't, you would think there'd be so much more (laughs) after putting that much investment into it. Yeah, whatever, you know. So, So if you put that that effort in and stuff, sometimes first there'll be the sense of if you stop blaming yourself, you know, or you've tried to stay in the meditation hall the longest, you wait to hear every other footstep to leave, and then you, you know, so I meditated the longest, I walked around the statue the most, and stuff like that, but, and then you can keep on, you know, moving the carrot and thinking it's, oh yes, if only if I did more, if I only if I saw that person longer, if only if I would have gone here, gone there, then it would have happened. So again, it's all about you, completely, yeah? And in a sense, you're at fault. Like, I did a talk in New England, and there was a lot of spiritual seekers there, and, um, <laughs> And there's one guy who's telling me he was at this place, and they said, if you held this position for 17 minutes, something would really happen. But he could only hold it for 16 minutes, and then he collapsed. And so he says, what should I have done? I said, you should have held it for 18 minutes. You know what I mean? And he would just, you know, it would, would just go on and on and on and on and on. And you would always be the one that was at fault by, for the failing. But the failing is the good news. Because, like it says in the Course in Miracles, what can a failed system show you? It can show you it's a failed system. Right. That's incredibly valuable. So the GPS that our whole life seems to be guided by is a failed system. Yeah. It, it's not going to work. It's like trying to change that snake 
from a biting snake to a non-biting snake. The snake's going to bite you, no matter how nice it is to your to it, and you feed it, and you put a little comforter on it. And sooner or later, it's going to bite you. And when you ask, him, why did you do that? Hey, I'm a snake. Yeah? What you can't expect, like success from a failed system. Yeah? So, a lot of what happened with me when I heard this message it's a warning, really. It's basically telling you the common pitfalls that you may have already seemingly been in or that you're going to be in. And it's usually boiled down to this one simple statement. Many, many people have said it in a lot of different ways. But I like the term that Ramana Maharshi uses, which is there's a presupposing of a non-existent thing that wants to get salvation for the non-existent thing. That's the rub. That's it. Yeah? So there's a presupposing. Now, it's a very incredible use of word because it's getting very, very specific. Because the supposing or assuming is you're assuming something so, but you don't even know if it's so or not. You know? You're assuming that you're supposed to be somewhere at three, but actually the email said be there at one. But your whole day you're walking around just assuming I got a three o'clock appointment. And then when you get there and nothing's the way you thought it was going to be, it's sort of like, what the fuck? They moved the appointment? No, they didn't move the appointment. You missed the appointment because you assumed that it was at one and it was at three. It had never not, it had never not been at three. It's always been at three. But you just assumed. So a supposing is like an assumption. But this assumption, so there's an assumption... But of what? The mental state assumes that you and I are a non-existent thing. Where are you going to pin that tail to? This. The donkey. The, the body. Yes. So the non-existent thing is the body. See, I, I remember when I was young, uh, I had an Uncle Fred, you know, who I'd see at relatives' parties, and he'd always slip me some money behind his back so my mother wouldn't see so, of course, I liked Uncle Fred. And, uh, <laughs> my Uncle Fred died when I was about nine. And so we, my mother took me to the funeral, and then there was an open casket, and she had me walk up there to say goodbye to Uncle Fred. And when I looked down into the casket, I had a direct hit that adding Uncle Fred. Because the body was there, but there was no life going on. So I was seeing the non-existent thing. Yeah? as a non-existent thing, but what, like, what was causing it to have animation had seemingly gone. Yeah? The body was still there, but the Uncle Fred wasn't, in a way. So it was very, just like, no thought to why, you know? So, this idea of a presupposing of a non-existent thing, and then wanting to get salvation, sounds good. Yeah? Who wouldn't want to get salvation for a non-existent thing? Or from a non-existent thing. But what would the salvation be from a non-existent thing? Immediate, always available at all times. <laughs> because it's a non-existent thing. So if it's freedom from a non-existent thing you want, guess what? You have it. <laughs> because you've been always free from a non-existent thing. <laughs> you know, there's no need to, to become free from it. There's a need to see why you're trying to be free as it. Yeah, that's the point. So the the warning is about let's not all right, you have you like freedom, let's say, and you want to know what's going on. All right, but let's just sort of 
cor- correct the misstep, the missteps, yeah? And then maybe you'll see when the, the missteps are corrected, there is no need for any steps. <laughs> you don't get new steps, you just question the missteps. That's all. It is like, oh, I'm going to question the mid-steps, then I'm going to take a five-year course and get the new steps, and then I'm going to use the same format that I applied with the past missteps onto the new steps, which will be turned into missteps. Because, again, I'll try to get salvation for the non-existent thing. Because the, the, what's really the rub is there's an act of being identified as the non-existent thing. You're taking yourself to be a body, not you, your head. Yes? So that is the act of being identified as a self. There is no self to be identified with, so it's a whole verb. It's not a verb with a noun, it's a verb. The act of being identified as a self. That's the presupposing of a non-existent thing. So the presupposing of a non-existent thing has no legs. It can't just go, all right, I presuppose this and it is so. It has to constantly presuppose it. Because it's not so. Yeah? It would become obvious if it wasn't bolstered up and reinforced and assumed and inferred and implied by some kind of activities, the thought system, the feelings, the actions, the memories. If those weren't being constantly used to refer life back to you as a body, it would fall apart completely. Yeah? So the presupposing has to constantly be presupposed. Yeah? I can't go, okay, I'm going to move this here. Alright, I've done it. But if I'm going to act as if there's something that isn't, and I move it here, it's got to keep up. I've got to keep doing it because I haven't moved the damn thing. So it's the moving that implies there's a thing. Yeah? But if I stop moving, there was nothing to, uh, there was nothing to get, there was no thing to get out of something. And there's no thing that could be into something. How long would that take? No time at all. When's it available? Now. What requirements do you have to meet? Only the ones you've made up. And if the correction is entertained, and it produces relief, what it will inform you of is why the relief seemingly wasn't there in the past. And you know why? It has always has a lot to do with you. Yeah? It's the sense of being the one that wants freedom is the biggest deterrent to freedom. And so the presupposing a non-existent thing, ah, you know, that would pass like that, you know? But what gives it meat is when you start seeking salvation for the non-existent thing. When you seek you know, a life for the non-existent thing. Well, you're, it's always all they thought about. This is, this is the, what happens, yeah? If it was just, hey, the pre- I presuppose a non-existent thing. I could do that all day. Yeah, just presuppose a non-existent thing. But, you see, that ain't it. It's the claiming of everything else. So the thought system... Check them out yourself. The thought system is being used to imply and assume and refer back to you as a body. When you're thought about, you're thought about as a body. (laughs) That's as simple as that. When you're thinking that you're a spirit, its contextual idea is a body. 
Yeah, that's the frame. The thought system is framed with this identification as a body. So all the thoughts are inferring life to you as a body, referring, assuming all day. Yeah. So there's the thoughts. The mind hooks up to them. Now the mind, this little intention you may not notice, is using all the thoughts to point to you as the non-existent thing. Feelings. All the feelings are happening. There's tons of feelings arise all day. But the sense of my feeling gives it direction. So now they're happening to me. These are my feelings. And if they're mine, I should have an opinion about them. And my opinion is I shouldn't be having these feelings. You know, you should be freaking having these feelings. Yeah, you know what I mean? You see it? Once it gets established, then there's a huge riffing on it. It's like a John, it's like a John Coltrane solo for like 80 years. It's on. Separation. All day. But it has to have the basis in place to riff. If you don't give it the first note, it can't write the opera. Yeah? It's the first note. So, this presupposing a non-existent thing, and then wanting to get salvation for the non-existent thing, and then wanting to get shelter for the non-existent and then wanting and wanting and wanting, yes, all of this stuff, all of it, everything else leads... All the tributaries are from that one source, and it's a, it's a non-source. It's a non-existent thing. And you can have tied books, and, you know, I can't get on the, all this stuff, but basically it's all based on this assumption that you're a someone. See it, if it's true or not. You can't wait for someone else to do it for you, because there's no one else to do it for you. There's the seeing. So now, the presupposing and non-existent thing is getting reinforced quite a lot. All the memories you're having. When you have memories of you five years ago, you're pictured as a body in, in Costa Rica. You're pictured as a body in the, on the skis. You know, you're pictured as a body. Yeah? When you get the photo albums and you reminisce, what you, if you were really looking at you, it would be empty. The page would be empty and you'd be, oh, here I am now. 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 Now, now, I mean, there'd be, we'd all have the same photo album. Be like, no, no, there'd no, there'd be no, so you, but you pour over all, all this. It's, of course, if, if you're, if you're like incredibly into the reinforcing of the non-existent thing, it's going to seem as real as real can be because what it's the reality it seems to have is being lent to it by us as reality. How could a non-existent thing seem to be existing? It would have to appear to what's existing to be so. Yeah. That's an old statement always gets me in recovery. False evidence appears real. How the hell could that happen? It'd have to appear real to what's real. False evidence could not, couldn't come up with what real was. The only thing that could make it seem real would be real. <laughs> so our role is huge, in a way. We're dreaming. So, all right, so there's the presupposing or non-existent thing. So then he says, all right, if that's going on, your spiritual practices, which some of us held with great nobility, they were so much different than anything else I did. They were really, really important profoundly important. 
the, your spiritual practices themselves will be reinforcing the non-existent thing, how can they destroy the non-existent thing? You see? We're, we've mistaken a can of gas for the water, and we're throwing the water, the assumed water on the fire, but it's going play crazy, and then our head's reaction is just rationalize, oh, it's getting, it's gonna, you know, <laughs> but it's, obviously it ain't working, but you know, oh, I'm getting closer, I'm somehow, I've got to go through the fires. No, you're throwing gas on it. It would have gone out if you weren't paying attention to it. <laughs> it's going like a fucking fire fire. Sorry. <laughs> we gotta, you know, our role is unbelievable here. You know, we are reality. And it's like in, uh, in recovery, there's an old, there's a pattern that you listen to quite a lot when people come in after a year or two. And they start sharing about the worst thing that ever happened to them in their life. You know, getting arrested that night, getting pulled over, whatever. And it's a very, you know, they, it's solid. It's like a big signpost of their life. And basically, there's a lot of mental altars built around it because it's being used to excuse them from a lot of other shit. Oh, this happens, so I can't, whatever. Then they just come into recovery and they get affected. You know, because you'll be changed if you submit to this program of AA. What can be changed will be changed. Yeah, what you are is unchangeable. What you're not is changeable. So it'll change, and then suddenly they'll share and they say, "You know, that worst thing that ever happened to me is, I, is the best thing that ever happened to me." Wouldn't that make you curious if, like, the worst thing that ever happened to you could suddenly somehow transform into the best thing that ever happened to you? have to see your role sooner or later in it, yeah? It was the worst thing to me, and now it's the best thing to me. There is no worse or best thing. It's all about to me, yeah? Or as the Course Miracle says, lesson two, you give everything all the meaning it has, yes. So you can give a situation of meaning it's the worst thing that happened to me, try to freeze frame it, but if you do certain things, you get changed, it's the best thing, doesn't that make your head want to just go off? I mean, you ever see a dog whose its, its nature is to roam, but it's been on a leash so long, and you take the leash off, and it's there for a second or two going, and then suddenly it, the end, the idea dawns on you: Hey, I can go! Shoo! And he's running like crazy. But for a second or two, he's there. He's got the old modality locking him in, but the leash is off, and it dawns on him: Boom! Yeah. That's what this message is like. That's what this message is. It's exactly like. It's something that you never came upon by looking for it, dawns on you, or through you. Yeah? And suddenly, it's entertained like the dog realizes it doesn't have a leash, and then a whole slew of possibilities arise. Yeah? Instead of trying to be free as a non-existent thing, you entertain because you see it as foreign, you see it as other, you see it as a parasitical movement that I can be free from the non-existent thing. And bingo, now you're on to it. Yeah? Now, all of that intent and yearning is not being misdirected by the claiming of the mental state. It's actually turned exactly to the target and there's no need to pull the arrow back because you're it. 
Now you see that which is presupposing a non-existent thing. You stop calling it you. You see the activity. You see it. You hear it. You hear the presentation of its story into the court of space. It comes up and, oh, wise one, it's all about you. (laughs) You see it. Once you start seeing it, the heist ends. Doesn't mean the attempt to steal doesn't, it ends, it doesn't. It goes on doing its thing. It's like that parasite, like the snake. It's going to try to bite you. Yeah? But now, instead of keenly listening to it, you're just hearing it. You're just hearing it like you'd hear a radio station in someone else's apartment. Yeah? Vague backdrop. Can't even make out the words, but you just hear it as noise. You start hearing it. And now, this action figure is not being directed by that insane failed system. Some other modality has become dominant, and you'll know the trees by the fruit. You'll just check out how you go for a few years. And if you start traveling lighter in a stabilized manner, you're on to something. Allow the entertainment to keep on keeping on. More will be revealed, or maybe less will be revealed, which is awesome. And you'll be more pared down and economized. And the interest and the attention, how it's all been distributed, changes. You're not interested in trying to get into the moment because you've realized you can never be out of a moment. Yeah? You're not interested in spiritual goals. Yeah? You're not interested in knowing much because it's much, much cleaner and more efficient to be what you want to try to know. Yeah? I don't want to know the truth if I am it. It's insane. And the being doesn't demonstrate any thought and effort. But if it's construed as something that you can acquire, will seem to demand tons of thought and effort. But that goal that you're wanting to acquire in its own state is not demonstrating any thought or effort. It's available at all times, right where you are, with no requirement necessary to meet it. I have never seen my consciousness sweat. I've never seen what seeing sweat. I've been seeing very often. I've been seeing way too much. Never. You know, it's just... My eyes, and it has no discrimination whatsoever. Wherever my eyes, if my eyes are open, I go this way, I'm going to see what's there. Yeah? That, that filtering can't stop it. The fil- because the filtering comes after the conscious contact. It presupposes it's before. And there it has its seeming volition and its opinions and its blind spots and this and that. Yeah? After, before the heist, there's none of that. After the heist, there's tons of that. But it still can't touch the consciousness. It, can't, it cannot make the consciousness volitional. It can't make seeing volitional. It can't discriminate what's being seen. It can't discriminate the hearing. It can't touch it. It's like that old freaking, what, that rapper song, you can't touch this. It can't touch it. And that consciousness, it's demonstrating right now, doesn't express any effort or thought. I'm not trying to see. I'm not like... You know, seeing and hearing. You know, there's no effort. What's that? And there never has been. And it's been there when I was in the worst freaking predicament that I really didn't want to see, but I was seeing it, like the police handcuffing me. <laughs> and it's been in the most beautiful waterfalls, you know. It, has, it doesn't, doesn't blink, it doesn't look away. 
and it's the basis of our whole experience here. And most of us, there's no paying any attention to it. We, append, we pay tons of attention that, to that which comes after because it presupposes it's before. Now you believe you're conscious, consci- and so conscious becomes a secondary event. You're the big event. But there wouldn't be any you without the consciousness. And there's huge amount of consciousness without you. <laughs> so the pecking order isn't the way you're seeing it. Consciousness does not need you. It'll come through every freaking day. <laughs> so it's nice to have the horse before the car to get it lined up. It makes total, and it may go much, much. It, the light, the traveling may be much lighter when the horse that pulls the cart's in front instead of the horse behind the cart trying to push it that way. <laughs> and then you know, if the relief stabilizes, you're going to know the problem. That's what happens. It's like reverse engineering. When you start getting real relief, you'll realize why why I was seemingly wasn't available to me. That's what you find out. That's valuable. Knowledge about self is valuable. Self knowledge isn't like we say in A. Self knowledge avails you nothing. But knowledge about self can be valuable because knowledge about self, like a great Zen master Dojin said, to study Buddhism is to study the self, and to study the self is to forget the self. Because if you, if you learn about selfing and you start seeing or entertaining the possibility it's not you, yeah, and then you'll start getting relief and you'll realize exactly why the relief wasn't available because it was taken to be you. As simple as that. When it's seen as not you, relief starts to become obvious, it's available at all times, da da da, peace of mind, serenity, then if it's about you. Oh, they're all incredible hard goals to try to achieve, and everything's an impediment. My kids, everything's stopping me. Yes, same, same. It just changes dramatically where you believe you're looking at from. So, seeing what you're not is what you are. The activity of what I am right now is seeing what I'm not. That's what it is. And just like this feeling now, doesn't smack of time at all. Not at all. No time, no effort, available here and now. All the efforting goes into making the problem seem real. There's no efforting to make the reality seem real, because it's real. Seriously. All the efforting is the other way around. Well, this is effort. You, you know, puffing and puffing and being thought about all freaking day. So that's yeoman's work, you know. Let's say you drove 150 miles. Maybe your thought system logged about 80,000 thoughts. <laughs> you know what I mean? To cover up, to erase, to distort all the experiences you've had over those 80 miles by claiming it was you having them. And you should have seen, sat longer for that sunset. All this baloney. It just the claiming opens up to just constant mental minutiae. Just like, you're like in a ticket tape parade and there's no parade. It's a ticket tape. Just shit all over the place. I mean, if you could weigh it, you'd realize you've been carrying like blocks of lead with you all day. And all you had to do was go, what? <laughs> this is insane. It's like that story Ramana tells about the guy with the big bag on his head. And he's walking around. It's very, very heavy. Then he gets on the train and he's still got it on his head. And then someone says, hey, bro, you're on the train. You can take the bad thing off. He puts it down. Ah! 
know what I mean? This is the message. It's like, I want to read this. I don't know the last time I did it, so but we have new people. This is a beautiful way of describing all this. I think it's one of my favorites. So He says here, this man, Ramana Mahashi, I don't know if you've ever heard of him. This dude here. Yeah. But people who want to know, it's on page 388 of this book. So he goes, it's, uh, this lady's asking him a question. He's having satsang, so to speak. And he goes, Maharaj, he goes, if, now that's the most important word in this whole paragraph, if realization was something outside you, a way could be shown consistent with the safety of the, of the individual, his capacity, etc. Yeah? In other words, like in Hinduism, they have karma yoga, bhakti yoga, raja yoga, so they're based on the predilections of the action figure. Yeah? Someone's more prone to the emotion, love, others are more, you know, up here. Yeah? So if realization was outside, then you could produce a path that would, everyone would fit on a certain path and could have some realistic expectations of arriving at the realization if it was outside. That's the big thing. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, then questions such as, is it realizable? <laughs> See, can you imagine you're now sitting seemingly right where you are questioning your own real- reality and making it an object that you can maybe realize <laughs> Is it has, so? It's it's that which is always realizable. Realizing is going. Is that realizable? <laughs> How can I get to that? <laughs> when it's that right, it's a moment. It's entertaining. <laughs> so then, questions such as: Is it realizable? And if so, in what time? You know, how much time is it going to take? <laughs> I'm a busy person. <laughs> and so, and again, see, as soon as it's if it was realized by outside, he says this, this stuff starts arising. He goes, and so in what time would also arise? So all this stuff will arise. Once it's objectified, once you're objectified, then a lot of mental minutiae arises. Yeah. As soon as it's objectified, then it's thought about. But here, realization, and his, Ramana uses big S self, meaning everything, yeah? What we're talking about here is like a small self, or actually an activity called selfing, yeah? Yeah, which is the sense of being a someone, a long-lasting, independent, separate entity, a thing, inherently separate from everything else, yeah? Yeah. So he says, but here, realization is of the self. So, self is realization, yeah? All realizations are of self, of that. Yeah. You cannot remain without the self. The self is always realized, but you don't recognize the fact, because you're taking something else to be a fact that has to make the other thing maybe a vague possibility. Once you're a fact, the truth can't be a fact. <laughs> because the truth is, there isn't a you. <laughs> so you can't have the truth and the fault that you it, it doesn't work one's got to seemingly go for the other to be pronounced actually one doesn't have to go because it wasn't there to begin with in the sense of Paul so the truth just stands on its own as if nothing ever happened 
But, you know, but from the self's point of view, it has to make that which it is a fa- outside of itself to be the fact that's going to look for it. Yeah? So it goes, the realization is now obscured by the present world idea. What's that present world idea? There's a world. There's <laughs> 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 you and me and this chair and that's it. <laughs> the world is now seen outside you, and the idea... The world is now seen outside you. Come on in, bro, if you like. Can we get in here? There's a chair here, if you like. I'm going to go over this again, just for our very important person. Come on in here, yeah. All right, so I'm just reading from a, a master, Ramana Maharshi. I don't know if you've heard of him. I've heard of him. Yeah? I've heard of him. Yeah, you're going to hear some of it now. So. All right? So here it goes. If realization were something outside you, a way could be shown consistent with the safety of the individual. So therefore, you wouldn't lose your individualism until the last moment. <laughs> so, the past... So the past would, would, would inoculate, would incubate your little sensitive individuality <laughs> with the hopes that at the end point you'll lose it, but not all the while you're going to it. <laughs> so the path will become more about you than to, than the goal of the path, because <laughs> you'll be seen to be on it the whole time. <laughs> so then, questions such as this: as is it realizable? See, these are the questions that can come up if realization was outside of us. If, yes, these there's millions of them. He's just asked, saying a couple. Then questions such as, is it realizable? And if so, in what time would also arise? He could have used 8,000 examples of what arises when the idea that realization is outside of you. As soon as realization is seen outside of you, there's a, it triggers the me cloud and then tons of possibilities of what it would mean to you if realization was outside of you. That's what happens. All it takes is one little hit of the of like the keypad of Paul thing, the me cloud thing, all this information downloads about Paul looking for the truth. <laughs> but here, so you cannot so but here realization is of the truth self, the big self, everything, yes? So realization is of that. It's not about that, it's of it, yeah. Yeah. You cannot remain without the self. The self is always realized, but you don't recognize <clears throat> that fact. The realization is now obscured. So in this message, in a way, we're not trying to recognize that fact. We're questioning the, the presupposed fact. Yeah? We're questioning the presupposed fact that we're a non-existent thing that want, that's existing. Yeah? That's all we're doing. That's a, this is a fact. It's been a fact if you believe it or not. But we're questioning the assumed fact that may not be so, that you're a someone. Yeah? And when, that is a, when that's questioned and it collapses, then the fact shines brightly as it was always one to do. The only obscuring of it was us. Yeah? So, the self is always realized, but you don't recognize the fact. The realization is now obscured by the present world idea. The world is now seen outside you, and the idea associated with it obscures your real natures. Yeah, all those thoughts are associated with the world being real. 
All that is needed is to overcome this ignorance, and the self stands revealed. No special effort is necessary to realize the self. All efforts are for eliminating the present obscuration of the truth. So now he goes into a story. A lady is wearing a necklace around her neck. She forgets it. Imagines it to be lost. Or you could say presupposes it to be lost. Or assumes it to be lost. Yeah? Necklace on the neck. She imagines it's lost. Does that mean it's lost? No. It just means she's imagined it's lost. Yeah? She imagines it's, it's to be lost and impulsively looks for it here, there, and everywhere. Not finding it, she asks her friends as if, if they have found it anywhere. Until one kind friend points to her neck and tells her to feel the necklace around the neck. Ah! Yeah. Now, this is interesting, what, what happens. The seeker does so and feels happy the necklace is found. But was it actually found? And never knocked in there. <laughs> but her translation is that she lost it, and now there's great joy in finding it. But is that true? So, uh, points out of there. Uh, the seeker does so and feels happy the necklace is found. Right? So, one, two, one, three, yeah. She, the seeker does so and feels happy the necklace is found. Again, when she meets her other friends, they ask her if her lost necklace was found. She says yes to them. I found it. <laughs> Sri Ananda Banda Danda helped me find the lost necklace. Only he or she can help you find the lost necklace. <laughs> I believe you're lost. Your necklace is lost. <laughs> so... Again, when she meets her other friends, they ask her if her lost necklace was found. She says yes to them, as if it were lost and later recovered. Her happiness on rediscovering it around her neck is the same as if some lost property had been recovered. Yeah? The, the story, it's already spun into a story. Her story is she lost it, and when she had lost it, she was miserable. And then she finds it, and now she's blissed out. But she didn't lose it. So the misery was based on an assumption, and the bliss is based on an assumption. It's not just one side, it's both sides. The assumption she was miserable because she lost the necklace, all the while wearing the necklace, every day she seemed to have lost it. (laughs) And then when she quote-unquote finds it, Suddenly, she's totally blissed out as if it had been lost. Who's playing God in this? <laughs> in fact, she never lost it nor recovered it. And yet she was once miserable and now she is happy. That's the really trippy thing. Yes? People come become more happy when they think they found something that they lost, than to be that which is at all times. <laughs> it's more experience to believe you lost it, and then in the finding it, than, than there is, because it's, not, it, it's always there, there's no experience of it. Yeah? It's just a fact. You're not experiencing it, it's always there. 
You see, that's not fun for the mental state. The mental state says, "What? It has not, It doesn't. It, have, it may have a lot, a lot of interest in having a huge story. How what it did made itself lose the necklace. Like it got, it, it was so bad it got threw out, thrown out of heaven. And then what it did to get back into God's good graces again. It sounds you can make a much better blog with that story than it's always been so. <laughs> You've never lost the necklace. And you never found the necklace. <laughs> yeah. So the misery is sort of made up and the bliss is sort of made up because supposedly the cause of the misery and the cause of the bliss has always been there. Yeah. The cause produce misery when it wasn't seeming there and then it produces bliss when it seemingly is there but it's always been there. <laughs> so so also with the realization of the self the self is always realized. We're not saying this as an order it's just a possibility. Let it in and see what it does. It doesn't have to be accompanied or walked with by thought. Just let it in. Let the message in Raw mind will pick it up, not the thought system, and then see where it takes you. And if it takes you and you start feeling like a little lighter, come back to my, stop saying it don't, or whatever. Just start enjoying the freedom from the bondage of self. You don't have to measure how much or how little. A little goes a long fucking way. It does. If you could just be located in this Saturday without having it constantly booked at it in your mental, like, lookout of with yesterday and tomorrow, I mean, if it was a, if it didn't become the new norm, it would be a peak experience. If you had only had one Saturday that you were ever in, it would seem so great, but when you, if that's the new way you're in every Saturday, it becomes normal. Yeah? You're just here because you can't be anywhere else. It's no, oh, I work so hard. To, no, I didn't work at all to get here. I just realized you can't, I can't be anywhere else. <laughs> I did, I did, it's just, all the insanity started to appear totally insane. You know? It does. If you were, a kid, you know, if you showed up right now as a, as a kid, that kid would look at you and say, hey, Paul, you're freaking crazy, man. Let's go out in the sun and play. No, next week or tomorrow, last week. What? When I was a kid, I had no idea of time. So when I was playing, I wasn't worrying will I be playing next week. I wasn't, you know, I figured I'll be playing, you know, I'm playing. It wasn't like, but will I play next week? I didn't have it in my head yet. It came later, and the idea of, I never had a thought I was out of any moment when I was like three to five years old. The thought system had to develop for these insane impossibilities to seem to become possible. And now people are trying to get in what they can't be out of and spending tons of money to try to get into the moment. But you can't be out of the moment. And then they're trying to get out of what they can't be in, which is an identification. You are not a self. You can only seem to be in and then seem to be out. It's like the lost necklace thing. Yeah? You can have this experience of, oh, I was in way up the SSL. And then I got pulled out of the I met a divine pathologist and he pulled me out of the SSL. And I had that. But you were never in or out the SSL. If you follow this, some people swear by this guy. Listen to him. You know? 
let it hit you what he said. I don't know, maybe I'm misinterpreting it, but it seemed pretty obvious that our form of experience is based on us, mostly, because we're moaning the loss of something that was never lost. Yeah, We're longing for the day we find something that was never lost. It seems like a serenade to ourselves all day. Really? You know, I mean, it's okay, if, but some of it's we're taken so seriously. You know, if you could wear it loosely, it's it's huge amount of comic material. You'll keep yourself amused because if you're waiting for someone else to amuse you, you may be you gotta amuse yourself. You know, so that thing that's so insane can turn into like Comedy Central. <laughs> the skits are unbelievable. It just and it has like you know, like the you know the Gilda Radner, the weather lady. It has its own stand that they get shipped out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Alec Bowl and playing Trump. There's these standards that come up and it's just amazing what it does. All the gyrations it goes through. Really. Just to have some relevance here. Really. It just wants to intervene on the day or just something on that conversation or put its foot in its mouth here or somehow, you know? Somehow, like, see me! <laughs> but hey, if they're not your thoughts... You won't pay much as much attention to them, really. If you're seen as yours, it's like if you're in a park and there's thirty kids playing. Where are your Where is your attention going to go to your kid? That's the same thing with thoughts. Everything is predicated with the mind. You, the feelings that come and go, wouldn't mean as much unless they were seen as yours. They wouldn't. Yeah, you are like you're some. There's so much passing through this event. Where the mental state just like has a, tons of myths and tries to grab them and make them into things. To, it's sort of like a way of getting a reflection of its phantom self, you know, by the claiming. But if the idea of trying to get out of thoughts is insane, just see them as not yours. You know, that's easy to do because that's true. It's a fact. So. Hmm. I think that's that thing. You filled up, I feel it is. You don't want to eat too much. You'll be perfect. So. <laughs> it goes a long way. <laughs> um, yes, any questions? No? All right, we'll pass the basket and uh, and uh, can you get a basket, Mitch Factor? Yeah. And we gotta go. We go to coffee if you like to go with us to a place in Sausalito, a nice place. Have some fellowship. Mitch, is this your son? Here? All right. Oh, what sermon? Sermon, I think. What's your name? Hmm? Sequoia, nice to meet you. And it's over now. I'm happy to see you, Sequoia. To see you, and she said, you should, you should take him to see okay. the spiritual guy. <laughs> <laughs> and then he got on the phone, he said, uh, this is a separate phone call, he said, Oh, yeah, oh, I mean, you didn't go out there. He said, that, he said, you're in and out for a little bit. Well, Sequoia, we're impressed. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>